Hello and welcome to another episode of the Weekly Wrap Podcast. My name is Indira Chetty and I will be highlighting some of the informative feature and news articles from the 4 June 2021 issue of Farmers Weekly, which will be in stores on Friday, 28th May. This week's main cover article focuses on the problems faced by small-scale pig farmers. One of the main challenges we discuss is biosecurity. The next important article in this week's issue is on soil degradation, which is one of South Africa's biggest threat to food security. We also find out how a husband and wife team are living a sustainable lifestyle on a farm in the Eastern Cape off the grid. Other stories to look out for is how Africa can benefit from a strong agri-sector and find out how to improve nitrogen use efficiency in wheat. Let's take a look at the main feature article. Small-scale pig farmers' biosecurity challenges. The recent outbreak of African swine fever in South African pig herds has raised concerns over the ability of small-scale pig farmers to implement biosecurity measures. A study conducted by Melissa Cupido at Stellenbosch University details farming practices of small-scale pig farmers in the Western Cape and highlights shortfalls in biosecurity and nutrition. Latest available figures from 2016 provided by the South African Pork Producers Organization reveals the scale of the informal pig farming industry. According to these figures, there are approximately 250 registered commercial pig producers. The number of small-scale pig farmers is unknown, but is estimated at between 1,500 and 3,000. They own an estimated 16,000 sows in total. The study found that the demographics of small-scale pig farmers and their social circumstances affect the way in which they produce and market pigs. The higher the level of education, the greater the likelihood of these farmers improving their production, adapting to new technology and farming methods, and becoming more economically efficient. Training on pig rearing was recommended as 37% of farmers had never gone for training. The following factors were found to significantly affect the production of small-scale pig farmers. In order for importance, these factors are clean water, medication, proper feed, good hygiene, proper housing, knowledge, the time that workers spend with the animals, record-keeping, research, land ownership, and warmth. The study revealed the main factors that play a role in poor biosecurity were lack of identification, poor record-keeping, lack of proper flooring, and disease control. Since most small-scale farmers sell their pigs on the informal market, there is no traceability. In fact, the trade is unregulated, and farmers might unknowingly sell a diseased pig, which can be dangerous for consumers. With regards to disease control, the majority of farmers surveyed stated that they separated sick pigs from their herds and placed them in private pens for treatment. However, only 4,3% of respondents arranged for a veterinarian to tend to sick pigs even though 65,3% stated that they had made contact with the veterinarian when necessary. This suggests that farmers often tended to sick pigs on their own and call veterinarians only in extreme cases. It is recommended that farmers' days be organized between the parties to educate producers on pig health management, as well as to help them become familiar with state veterinarians and extension officers. They need to be trained to identify disease symptoms. 
The next feature is an important topic we can't stop talking about, soil degradation. Did you know it is estimated that 60% of soils in South Africa are degraded? South Africa is a predominantly semi-arid country that struggles with dry land degradation. Dry lands are areas that face significant water scarcity, while soil degradation refers to the loss of the biological and economic productivity of land. We spoke to Jakob Koch, a researcher at Northwest University's School of Geo and Spatial Sciences, about how we can save the soil. He says that it is possible for degraded soils to be rehabilitated if the impact and scale of degradation is not too extreme. However, there's no blanket solution for soil degradation. The rehabilitation of soil calls for site-specific investigation, including detailed soil analysis, to quantify the extent of the degradation. Some serious contributors to soil degradation include excessive traffic on croplands, the excessive use of chemicals, including fertilizers, herbicides, fungicides, and pesticides, as well as overstocking, over-irrigating, and leaving soil fallow without a cover crop. The addition of organic matter is a valuable tool in the process of soil rehabilitation, as it increases porosity, infiltration rate, water retention, and biological activity. This plus the use of top-quality irrigation water are tried and tested methods to buffer low levels of salination. Although optimal productivity may never be regained in soils with high salinity due to permanently altered soil chemical properties. He stresses that soil degradation has a direct impact on food security. Loss of functional soil reduces crop yield and decreases the fowl's carrying capacity for grazing animals. Due to our climate and expected climate change, the rate of soil degradation will continue to increase. However, we can limit the rate by implementing sustainable land management practices, such as increasing the organic matter content in our soil. The next article focuses on sustainable living on a small off-the-grid farm. While living and working in Zitulele and Nyebe in rural Eastern Cape for 10 years, Karen and Roger Galloway witnessed the challenges faced by rural people, many of whom work on two-hectare allotments to supplement their income. After seeing this, in 2019, the couple bought Hartwood Homestead, a small 20-hectare farm close to East London. According to Karen, Hartwood Homestead is their experiment in self-sustained and off-grid living. The farm is completely off-grid for water, electricity and sewage. The Galloways store up to 80,000 cubic meters of rainwater and use solar power. They installed a 5-kilowatt inverter and 15 solar panels. Electricity is stored in lithium-ion batteries with a total capacity of 20 kilowatt hour. Roger constructed dry compost toilets in all the buildings and the system works well with minimal maintenance. They are reliant on stored war rainwater for all their needs. Karen manages the farm's livestock component. They have two Jersey beef master cows that provide enough milk for their family of five, the two interns and a full-time employee. The cows also add value as an attraction to the guest house as they offer an Airbnb experience teaching people to hand milk them. The Galloways manage their pastures through ultra-high density strip grazing in 8-meter by 45-meter camps, which are moved daily. 
Along with the two cows, she keeps five sheep as well as one-year-old Roxy, an Anatolian sheepdog. There are two chicken flocks on the farm that supply them with eggs and meat. Roger heads up the fruit, vegetable and compost components of the farm. Roger is establishing a food forest and two food gardens with plants ranging from ground cover to permanent fruit trees. The entire farm is loosely planned and laid out on permaculture principles. According to Roger, they are close to achieving their goal on being self-sufficient in food. The Galloways are also hosting a student internship program as a contribution to the community. The internship, which is faith-based, runs for nine months and focuses on practical farming skills. Now let's take a look at some of the top agri news. Illegal hunting with dogs has become a serious problem in Mpumalanga. According to Agri Mpumalanga CEO Robert Darfel, this type of criminal activity was organized mostly by syndicates. He said that landowners and farmers encountering hunting parties on the land should not attempt to approach or confront the hunters under any circumstances as these hunters were usually heavily armed. He advised farmers to take as many photographs as possible of the hunting parties, including the individuals involved, and the dogs and the vehicles on the scene, so that they could be used as evidence should a court case take place. SAPs should be notified immediately and all incidences of illegal hunting to be reported. Some of the hardest hit areas were left virtually devoid of wildlife as the dogs cleared out everything that moved. He said hunting with dogs was a gambling activity and bets were placed based on the number and size of the animals that the dogs killed. Large amounts of money were at stake. Now in other news. The South African Cane Growers Association is hoping to encourage South African consumers to buy locally produced sugar to boost the flailing industry with its Home Sweet Home campaign. The campaign focuses on educating and encouraging consumers to support the local sugar industry. A critical component has been to provide consumers with information about what to look out for when buying sugar, which has resulted in a newly launched partnership with Proudly South African. This partnership will see the Proudly SA logo displayed on locally produced sugar products. Proudly SA CEO Eustace Mashimbea said there's a need to grow consumer demand for locally produced sugar as per the sugar industry's master plan. And we look forward to helping amplify and grow the reach by this buy local sugar campaign. And we conclude with a trending article on farmersweekly.co.za. Agricultural stakeholders have strongly condemned the possibility that, under a newly revived legislative proposal, South Africans would not be allowed to own guns for self-defense. This followed the recent call by the Civilian Secretariat for Police Service in the Government Gazette for public comment on the draft of the Firearms Control Amendment Bill. According to the CSP, an applicant for a firearm would have to provide a valid reason for possessing a firearm. The CPS further announced, among other proposals, that no firearm licenses may be issued for self-defense purposes. The draft firearms control amendment bill was released on Friday 21st May, and members of the public have until 8 July to submit comments in writing. And that's it for this week. Remember to follow us and engage with us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn at Farmers Weekly SA. Until next time, stay safe and happy farming.